Hello and welcome to the Unexpected Wildcard Podcast. My name is Meg and I'll be your host. Few disclaimers for this week's episode. I am recording at the Metamorphosis Coaching and Consulting Headquarters for the first time, so I'm not sure what um, unexpected wildcard sounds you might hear, but we're just going to roll with it. Uh, This episode is coming just a mere four days after the last episode, which came just a mere four days after it was supposed to. So it all evens out in the long run, right? Anyways, this week already has me up in my feels. I've tried to take a few deep breaths a few times. It's the relationship episode. I know it's going to be multifaceted and multiple parts. Um, The first episode, this one, is going to be on our relationship with ourself. I'm already getting choked up because my relationship with myself has come such a long way. And I'm so grateful. And I have so many friends listening. Um that have been with me throughout this, and thank you. Thank you for your love and support in my life, for my friends and family who have always believed in me and always spoken kindly to me and always reminded me who I am. Thank you. Thank you for being the eyes that could see when mine could not. I dedicate this episode to you. I love you all. So as you listen to this episode, I ask just a few things, and I normally don't ask things of you. I try to be the one giving, but I do ask that you show yourself kindness, you give yourself grace and compassion, and you show yourself some acceptance. Um, If you need to take breaks during this episode because it becomes overwhelming, I totally get it. Everything, truly, Everything in life is connected to our relationship with ourselves and how we feel about ourselves. So if you have emotions rise up throughout this, just know that it's totally normal. You're safe. Um, I see you. I'm holding so much space and have so much empathy for you. Know that it's a good thing. If those emotions are arising, it's because they have something to say and they're indicating something to you. And when you feel safe and ready, I strongly encourage you to sit with those emotions and journal them or express them outwardly through physical activity. Um, You could meditate, you could go on a walk, you could dance, you could kick a punching bag, you could scream, you could cry, you could make art, you could sing. There are lots of things that you could do. Those are just recommendations, but just know that as you speak to yourself through your emotions, it's for a reason and that you're safe. And just please um, offer yourself lots of space for this episode. I can sit here now and tell you how much I love myself and I accept myself and I forgive myself. And if you haven't listened to that episode, hashtag LAF, uh, please go listen to it. It will explain that a bit more. But I didn't always. But What's so interesting to me is that I find myself getting so emotional over the fact that I have reached this place of love within myself and this peace. And it like gets me a bit choked up because I just remember like most of my life just wishing for internal peace. And like nobody ever told me that the reason I never experienced internal peace was because I was always at war with myself. 
And that when I would stop fighting with myself and I would love and support myself, that the war would be over and that peace would walk in. So if you're at war with yourself, if you're struggling with yourself, if you deal with deep self-like distrust within self, even self-hatred, know that there can be peace after the war ends but you're the one who gets to end the war. And then you get to fully live. And it's a beautiful thing. I could sit here and tell you about the various parts of my life, the financial difficulties and the emotional difficulties and the health challenges that my dad went through and the turmoil within my childhood and the messaging that I got from communities that we belong to, even though my mom did try very hard to give me different messaging. I could sit here and I could just go on and on and on and on and on about how deeply these things affected me and impacted me and how some of it even harmed me. But I I think that's the amazing thing in all of this. Is that like even just two or three years ago, I would have just wanted to sit and just rehash it and just be validated for it. That's so unfortunate. I'm so sorry that that happened to you. You're so strong. And now I'm just sitting here like fully grateful. Like I have released that anger. I have released that bitterness. And I just feel so grateful to be on this side of things. Like I said, it it truly is peaceful here. The things that happened to me happened. And they did impact me. And some of it did really hurt. Some of it did cause trauma. And I've had to work to heal. And I'm still healing through some of that trauma. I've had injustices in my life. I've had disappointments in my life. I've had disadvantages in my life. I've had failures in my life. I've had harm in my life. But none of that, none of that now is greater than the place that I am sitting in, which is peace, love, acceptance, hope, (laughs) love. Like they true, those things truly are greater. As cliche as that may sound, those things truly are the greater thing. But when you're sitting in a place of pain and turmoil and struggle and trauma, it's so difficult to see that like this place can even exist. So I get it. I do. If you're there right now, please know I do not judge you. I was you. I transformed. You could transform too. But that is up to you. It really is. And it's going to take everything you got. And you're going to have to release a lot. And then you're going to have to release some more. And then you're going to have to just surrender so much more than you ever thought you even possibly could. And what I mean by that is like give up. (laughs) Not on life. On holding on to control. The perceived image of control. Because none of us are truly in control. There are certain things that we do have control of. Our thoughts, our feelings, our emotions, our actions, our words, our choices. That's it. You can do all of that quote-unquote perfectly in one day and crap can hit the fan. 
um, can't tell you how many times I've gotten phone calls. Someone was in a car accident. You know, this happened, that happened. And it's always so unexpected. Last week, I was in the emergency room. Two days with my son. Was not expecting it. Came out of left field. Life does that to us. But it's like, what do we do with it? How do we respond? Do we lay down? Or do we rise up? And there's a time for laying down and resting. And there's a time for rising up in your strength. And that comes from the place of your personal power. And that has been given to you by a higher power. Your creator. And my connection with that source... God has shifted so much in the last three years. But I must say, like, that connection has never been deeper or stronger. And I'm grateful for that, too. Because at one point I thought I might lose it all forever. But isn't that funny? How, like, when we really think that we're about to lose it all is when we're about to get found. (laughs) But by ourselves. Like, I found me. I was able to let go of all the other things that people told me were me and that should be me. And I found me. And that was an unexpected wild card. So how does one build a relationship with oneself? Well, friends, like you would build a relationship with anyone else in a healthy way. If you truly don't have any healthy relationships in your life, that's okay. There's a first time for everything. I didn't have many of them. I had to make some major shifts. That's going to involve communication. That's going to involve boundaries. That's going to involve self-awareness, mindfulness. That's going to involve quite a few things. But ultimately, why would I think that I could have a great relationship with myself if I was always treating myself poorly, not taking care of myself? I spoke to myself in a horrid way. I wouldn't even speak to the meanest person I know, the way that I spoke to myself. I would just run myself ragged and just give and give and give and give and give it. And like in my body, oh my goodness, the way I treated my body. I was so unkind to my body. And she had a lot to heal. And if that's you, I want you to know that it's okay and that healing can happen, but you're going to have to make some shifts and you're going to have to choose to put your health on the front burner when it's always been in the back burner. And you're going to have to choose to like take really, really good care of yourself and then you can heal. You can start to heal and you might be able to do it at home. You might need medical support. You might need holistic support, but just know that healing can happen. And if you feel like, no, it can't. I've tried for years and years and years. And years. I had tried for, um, I had tried for 10 years and I had really given up. And I even said to my, my husband, uh, like, if this doesn't work, I'm not trying again. It just is what it is. Like I was just at the end of my rope. But isn't it funny how sometimes when we're at the end of our rope, we find that uh, if we just yank a little harder, there's an entirely new length of rope. And usually it's a lot stronger and not as old. 
part of this relationship with yourself, part of healing is you're going to have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable and you're going to have to get real comfortable with being afraid. Why? Because fear is not your enemy. The fear of being afraid is your enemy. We're all afraid when we're in situations where we don't know the outcome, which is most of them. But we lie to ourselves and we keep ourselves in familiar situations and say that we have all the certainty and we don't. I was feeling unsafe in my own body and lying to myself about it. I was feeling unsafe in my own mind and lying to myself about it. I was feeling unsafe in most of my friendships and lying to myself about it. I was feeling unsafe in communities I was a part of and lying to myself about it. I had to choose one day to wake up and say, hey, what's the truth? What is the actual truth of this situation? And that required unlayering and taking things back layer by layer until I reached the core of who I am and who I've always been. And then I gave her strength, love, and support, and then that changed everything. It changed everything. And a lot of people didn't understand it, and they didn't accept it, and they weren't okay with it. And I would say during this time period of this 10 years, and the pivotal or the precipice or the... I guess, um, breaking point hit in 2020. And I would say that I lost, I'm being conservative. 80% of my friends either walked away or I released them. Everything changed. When I tell you I was in a place I had never been before. Yeah. I was in a place I had never been before. Everything that had been familiar to me for a decade was completely crumbling underneath me and that was when again my pap transitioned and he was just this pillar in my life and I was faced with all of these fears and I had to learn that lesson that it's not the fears that I need to be afraid of because once I become familiar with the fears, then they're not unfamiliar and then I'm not afraid. Because we fear the things that we don't understand or that we can't see or that we don't know the outcome of. We, we fear uncertainty as humani- humans because we crave safety. It's a hierarchy. It's in the hierarchy of needs. But when I discovered that if I became comfortable in sitting with my fears, then the fear left And I was just faced with things that needed support. Insecurity, belief system, judgments that have been placed on me by myself or others, like all these little things. And again, if you hear traffic in the background, we're in a different location. Please bear with me. But I would psych myself up so much and be so afraid of the getting afraid of the fears that I would never face them. But like the people who are willing to face their fears are the ones who always overcome them or at least learn something or grow stronger from it. We're all given points in our life where we have to, we have to face a fear. And the people that we remember in the echoing in the halls of history, so to speak, are the ones who did it afraid Fear can actually be one of our greatest teachers. It can be one of our greatest motivators for healing, for change, for transformation.
But we have to be willing to allow ourselves to sit in that feeling for a few minutes or as long as it takes. And not everyone will do that, which is why those fears are always with them. They never go away. But they could. They just have to make choices. And they're not easy choices. I hope that as you're listening to this already, you're understanding um, that this episode is going to have a bit of a different tone. There is going to be a bit of emotion and intensity involved because I understand the gravity and the seriousness and the weight of the impact of our relationship with ourselves. And I have gotten a lot of pushback over this over the last three years. I've gotten a lot of the passive-aggressive posts about the people who love themselves and, you know, the self-love crowd and it's egoic and I've had Bible verses thrown at me and I've had rude comments thrown at me and I've had passive-aggressive things written about me. And to those of you who did that, I want you to know that I still love you. You're me. Like, you're me whenever I said at the beginning of this episode, thank you to the people who had the eyes to see when I couldn't see, now I can see. You're, you can't see yet. That's my perspective, is that you can't see yet. How can I have the audacity to say that? Because I was you, and I didn't see. I thought that the people that were sitting in this spot were that as well. But there is, there's not really anything redeemable in, in hating yourself or despising yourself. There, re- there really isn't. I know people say humility. Is that humility or is it hatred? I don't think it's humility, friends. I know that this is tough to hear. It's, it's not easy for me to say. I want you to know that. But it truly does come from a place of love and empathy and compassion and wanting to see people heal. People will give you a list of all these external things to do to heal. Go to this place at this time. Do this thing. Say this thing. Write that thing. Meditate on this. Pray on that. Do la 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 la. Do all these things and then you'll be healed. But the battle rages on inside, doesn't it? They're not with you at night when your thoughts are racing, when your heart is pounding. Um, They're not with you when the people make the mean comments to you and your body breaks out in a rash and you're sweating and you're hyperventilating. Are they sitting with you on your kitchen floor when you're having panic attacks? The cycle of perfectionism, people-pleasing, and putting relationships with everyone else over the relationship with yourself are some of the heaviest weights you will ever, ever carry. And they landed straight on my throat. It was really hard to breathe. It was really hard to speak. It was really hard to, to, to make a move. Just in this constant fear. And like, even as I'm talking, you just heard my voice shake. As I'm remembering what this felt like, like that perfectly exemplifies what it felt like. My voice doesn't shake when I speak anymore. My voice used to always tremble when I spoke. Because I was thinking about what everyone else would think 
and would I sound right and would I be right and would it be in alignment with what everyone else believed and would it and it was all so externally focused and I just had to stop full stop what do I believe I believe in kindness I believe in love I believe in the beauty of the people around me. I believe in the good of the people around me. Do I believe that everyone will reach in and grab a hold of that goodness and live out of it? No, I don't think everyone will. And I think that's why we see a lot of the things happening that we do. But do you know what doesn't heal that? Hate, guilt, shame. Being exiled, being cast aside being judged. I was my own harshest judge, but there were other external judges. And guess what? I could never live up to the measure. And I'm glad because it set me free. Because now I don't live up to anyone else's measurements. And I tell people that they're free to disagree with me. You are. Even right now, if if this episode is causing you offense and you're like, wow, what is the tone of this episode? I don't like it. She's wrong. It's okay. Seriously, it's okay. You don't have to stay and listen. I, I send you with love. This isn't going to be an episode everyone is ready to hear because not everyone's ready to face themselves. It's not easy to face yourself. That's why so many are so inclined to constantly talk and write and post and shout and fight and nag and bicker and carry on about all the things that everyone else should be doing. They shouldn't do this. They should do that. Blah, 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 blah. What about yourself? I used to do entire Facebook lives at length about what everybody else should be doing. Guess what I wasn't dealing with? Myself. Guess what I have embraced now? myself. Now when I share with people, it's just that I'm sharing with you the wisdom that I have gained along the hard-fought trails of life. The golden nuggets that I fought for in the battlefield of self-love, acceptance, and forgiveness. I sustained several injuries that have also healed in that And now I share it with you for free. Why? Well, freely you have received, so freely give. I believe that's a proverb. Now I share from a place of being an advocate, of being a support, of being an ally in the journey of life where you can think that you have everything planned out And nothing goes according to that plan. 
and then you're just sideswiped with grief. And then everyone's telling you how your grief is wrong and it's too long and it's too extreme and have you gotten professional help and like maybe it's time to just get over it. Friend, you will take as long to heal as you need to. There's a fine line. Don't get stuck in the grief. How do you know when you're stuck in grief? For me, it was when I lost the want to move forward. There were days like it was hard to get out of bed, but like I really, really wanted to, but I, but like I struggled to. That's not that. I'm talking about when you're laying in the bed and then you're just like, yeah, I hope that I never get out of this bed and that tomorrow doesn't come. That is when you're like kind of a little too deeply entrenched in that grief. And my kind and gentle suggestion to you would be at that point to reach out to a trusted friend, family member, loved one, professional support. Because you deserve it. Like you deserve that support. And it's it's a heavy thing that you're carrying. And it's too heavy to carry alone. But if you're trying every day to move forward bit by bit, but it's just taking you a bit longer and like your grief's just making some other people uncomfortable and they think you should just like wrap it up, that's on them. That's on them. Let them. Let them. That has become like a slogan of mine. Let them. Let them judge you. Let them talk crap about you. Let them write passive aggressive posts about you. Let them. Let them. There is so much freedom and peace and let them. <laughs> let them say what they want. Let them think what they want. You don't have to defend yourself. If you know who you truly are and you know your heart and you know your intentions are pure, let them. You can't control them anyways. There's this illusion out there that like we can control. Their, we've never been able to control anyone. Ever. That's why... That's why there are wars, wars fought, friends. Because they're trying to get people under control. And like even still, there's a fight. You know, people try to control their children. That doesn't go well. You can't control another human being. You can guide them. You can correct them. You can influence them. But every one of us has our own free will and personal power. So like you can waste all of this energy and time and resources and real estate in your mind on them doing all the things that they're doing let it go let them that is their path to walk you're on yours focus on your path focus on your purpose focus on your goals what you feel like you're here to do what you're giving back to like focus on that and just give the space for them to focus on them and that's why I said this is going to be like a multi-part series because we are going to talk about healthy relationships and interactions with others and what that looks like, and what healthy boundaries look like, and what healthy communication looks like. But today, we are focusing in on us. What does that look like with ourself? That looks like choosing yourself. What does that mean? Have you ever been in a situation where someone asks you to do something and you say yes out of obligation, but then it ends up causing you like a lot of issues? Like maybe you don't get enough sleep, or maybe you don't meet your own deadline, or maybe you don't get your own chores completed, or like it just like it really throws you off for a couple of days. Like it's a it's a really big inconvenience, and like they're asking you to do something that is not a dire need. 
but you just feel obligated because you don't want to disappoint them. This is like a prime example. Say no. And say no with a period. What does that mean? Hey, Meg, do you want to come over to um, our house for dinner tonight? No, thanks. Why? Because I'm going home. Why? Because I'm choosing to go home. Well, you haven't come over forever. Like, we want you to come over. Please keep me in mind for next time. Well, we just think that I'm not coming over. Thank you for the invitation. Please keep me in mind for the future, period. Are people going to get mad? Yes, absolutely. But it's their choice, friends. Free yourself. Honestly, when people tell me no, do I get disappointed? Yeah, I like to hang out. When I invite someone to do something with me, it's because I enjoy their company. So like, I would like to have their company. So when they say no, am I a little disappointed for a few seconds? Like, oh, it would have been really nice to have their company. Yes. Am I mad at them? No. I don't want people hanging out with me out of duty, out of responsibility, or out of obligation. And then they're miserable the entire time thinking about all the actually pressing critical things that they need to get accomplished. I don't want that. I don't want that. But here's the thing. When the people truly do get angry and they do want you to hang out with them out of duty or obligation and they literally give you all the reasons why you should be dutified and obligated, it's because they're uncomfortable with spending time with themselves. That's my opinion. Because if they were okay with spending time with themselves, then they would be okay whenever people told them no. They're not going to spend time with them. When people tell me no, I'm like, cool, this is an opportunity for me to do X, Y, Z by myself or with my own family. Or if my family's busy, by myself. I love alone time now. Didn't before. Alone time was rough before because I was alone with my thoughts that I ignored and my emotions that I ignored and my physical pains in my body that I ignored because I wasn't treating myself with kindness or courtesy or compassion or respect or empathy. Do we see how this becomes like a big circle? The circle of life. (laughs) Kidding, but kind of not. Okay, so I've like really belabored that point. How do you have a relationship with yourself? Take time with yourself. Start sorting through those intrusive, invasive thoughts. Ask yourself, is this my thought? Is this a family member's thought from the past? Is this my caregiver's thought from my childhood? Is this my third grade teacher's thought? Is this a comment that a friend made to me 25 years ago but hurt my feelings? Is this actually my thought? Start sorting through those. What's worth keeping? What do we want to release? What just needs reframed? That's going to take you some time, depending on how often you've done this. And if it was like me and you hadn't really done it for like 26 years, yeah. This is going to be a multi-session time with yourself. Next, ask yourself what you want to believe about yourself, what you do believe about myself. I believe that I am worthy, loved, and accepted. Period. So now, if others believe that I'm not worthy, loved, or accepted because of all the things that I'm not doing to earn that worth, love, or acceptance, that's on them. That eternal love lives inside of me, and nobody can take that away from me. 
So if they think I need to do a bunch of things or go to a place or all the different stuff, that's okay. That's their, their opinion, their beliefs. It's not my beliefs. I believe that the kind of love that now resides inside of my heart, um, it's greater, it's stronger than all of these things. And it's not feeble or wishy-washy. And haven't we all been feeble and wishy-washy? And don't we all try to just project our own beliefs onto other people and control them at a time or two in our life? It's exhausting. I think if we all let that go as a society, things would shift majorly. Do I think that's going to happen? Probably not, because there's always going to be that fight for power, money, control. Uh, My fight's not in that arena. I'm in the arena of healing and love and peace. That's where I'll fight. That's where my message lies. And it all started within myself. I had to fight for that within myself first. So now every day I can look myself in the eyes and say, Meg, I do love you. I do accept you. And I forgive you. Have I made mistakes? Absolutely. I have made more mistakes than I can even count at this point. But have you guys seen that meme or that picture on the internet where it's like there's a person standing on this big pile and they're holding a flag that says success. The flag that they staked in this high up pile says success. But then they're standing on all these little like bricks and on the brick it says all of them there's just hundreds of bricks they they say failures how do we think people become successful it's from learning from our mistakes unless you are an actual literal prodigy which there have been a few so i'm not ruling that out but unless you're an actual literal prodigy The way that you're going to become successful is by learning from your mistakes. But people are just so entrenched in pride and false humility that they won't humble themselves in true humility, not false humility, to acknowledge their shortcomings and their mistakes. When I love, accept, and forgive myself, I'm not giving myself a free pass to just go and hurt a bunch of people or hurt myself. No, I'm actually holding myself accountable What do we think I'm accepting? What do we think you're accepting? All of our shortcomings, our flaws, without things that are unacceptable, there's no need for acceptance. Without things that are unlovable, there's no need for love. And without things that are not forgivable, there's no need for forgiveness. This is is dualistic. It's multifaceted. You know, just like uh, the sun rises and the sun sets and there's a sun during the day and there's a moon at night. Like there's two sides to this coin and people want to just completely dismiss it and throw it all out the window because it's egotistical and it's rooted in pride. Does Loving, accepting, and forgiving yourself for your shortcomings sound like pride? I think that sounds like courage. Do you know what sounds like pride to me? Not being able to admit 
your shortcomings or flaws or that you don't know it all or that you don't have it all figured out or that you don't have total certainty. None of us knows what tomorrow holds. We can all have guesses. We can all have faith and trust that we believe that we know what the future holds. But how many times have we all been proven wrong about that? And all of this projecting onto one another is just distracting us from focusing on what's happening inside of ourselves. And if we would focus on what's happening inside of ourselves, if you're receiving what you need, if your needs are being met on the hierarchy of needs and you're feeling loved, you're feeling accepted, you're feeling seen, you're feeling forgiven, you're not going to go searching for that elsewhere. All the songs that have been written, like looking for love in all the wrong places. And then like women historically get you know, these labels like, oh, she's got daddy issues because her dad wasn't in the picture. And then she went and had a bunch of boyfriends and like all this stuff. And like, I get it. I did have a lot of boyfriends. And I was looking for love in all the wrong places at times. And I was a walking cliche. And maybe I still am a walking cliche. I don't know. But also, I don't really care, to be honest with you, because like, Deep inside, I know who I am. And I know now that I was never going to find that love externally. Now, when I receive love from friends, from families, from my husband, from my children, it's a bonus. Like, it's a bonus. I'm not like that person who hasn't had a meal in three weeks and they're just ravenous looking everywhere. We're getting three squares a day. And we're getting that acceptance and that forgiveness. So you know what that gives me? It gives me a lot of grace and space with myself. It gives me a lot of grace and space with others. When people lash out at me now, I can see that there are needs that haven't been met. So instead of lashing back, I can give grace and space. Or if it becomes like a toxic thing, I can set healthy boundaries. But I don't have to project a bunch of negativity and mean-spiritedness and judgment on them what good is that doing like let's take a fire and let's put more fire on the fire to put it out that that'll do it but you see it every day you see it every single day um I recently started like going live more on tiktok because I finally have that feature and it's amazing to me how there are certain people that will come in, and I know this, this isn't new, but it's new to me because I just started going live. <laughs> there are people that will just come in just to say mean things, <laughs> and they'll leave. And, like, a lot of people in my comments were getting upset, and, like, I wasn't getting upset. I was laughing just like I laughed because I don't believe them. Like, say what you feel like you need to say. I'm not taking it on as an identity. I'm not taking it on as a belief system. I'm not taking it on as a mindset. I'm not letting it touch my self-image. My self-image was cemented and she's solid. What was that other proverb about having your house being built on a solid rock and not on the sand? Yeah. We only write our names and put our toes in the sand now. This house is built on a rock. And my beliefs about myself are cemented in something much stronger and greater. But it took a lot. And now I can laugh at things and I can let things go. But I'm telling you, your relationship with yourself 
starts with yourself. It starts inside. It's going to take time. It's going to take energy. It's going to take effort. It's not going to be expensive. You just need some art supplies that you have at your house or a piece of paper or some tissues. (laughs) I painted a lot of angry paintings, you guys. (laughs) I wrote a lot of really sad letters and poems that are not legible at this point because of the tears that I cried. Um, I punched a lot of pillows at my house. I screamed in my car. Um, I had to let that emotion out. When you suppress your emotions for years, where do you think they go? They don't go anywhere. They're still with you. That's why when people walk through the door of my room here at work, the transformation room, they'll hit the door and they'll be like, oh my gosh, why am I going to cry? Because I have set the intention and I have the belief for this room and the faith for this room that people will feel safe and able to process the things that they need to process. And because they're showing up for themselves, they made the choice to come in and show up for themselves in a way that maybe they haven't before. And all of that combined creates a perfect healing storm in the best way possible. And it's beautiful to witness, but it's also, it's painful it's it's hard to see your fellow human suffering especially when you're empa- you're an empathetic person but i'm grateful and i feel very honored to be able to hold space for beautiful beautiful people every single day but I had to realize that first I was a beautiful person who was also worthy of having space held for me and who was also worthy of expressing all of the deeply suppressed and entrenched feelings, emotions, beliefs, mindsets, words. I had to write some letters, you guys, to some people who had said some stuff to me. I had to write some letters to some people who had abused me, harmed me, took advantage of me, violated me. Did they ever see those letters? No, they were destroyed. But I had to get it out of me and get it somewhere else. Where did that go? A piece of paper. Could it go into your art? Yes. Could it go into poetry? Yes. I do love the idea of creating something beautiful out of something truly painful. That's the artist and creative in me. Also, I have kicked the snot out of pillows. Almost took out an antique lamp in my house. Don't recommend that part. Those are hard to replace because they're antique. (laughs) But you get what I'm saying. It starts with you, friend. And like somewhere deep inside, you know that. And that's why you're listening to this podcast right now. Because you know that there's something that needs to shift. And that you've looked for it in all these external places. And external places are great supports. Like I'm a support to people. I'm not inside of them. That's great. That's great that I'm an external support. There are lots of wonderful external supports. I'm not saying go become a recluse in the woods and never ask for help. I'm saying that if you've spent your whole time seeking externally, it's time to go in. It's time to go within. Find that still small voice. Sit with it. Allow it to speak to you. Allow it to teach you. Allow it to heal and transform you. And then do it again the next day and the next day and the next day and the next day until you feel things shift. And if you need help, take a processing break 
and then go get external support. Talk to a trusted friend, a loved one, a partner, a professional therapist, a professional counselor, a life coach, a trauma-informed, whatever. But there needs to be time where it's just you with you. And that's where like the all the good stuff's found is inside of you. Um, I saw this quote and it said, like, let's get lost to get found. And I love it because it's kind of like we do have to get lost within the mountain of ourself to get found. Because we're finding ourselves under all the layers. Who were you before everyone told you who you needed to be, how you needed to speak, how you needed to act, what was right, what was wrong, how you need to present yourself, how you needed to express yourself, what you couldn't do, what you have to, like, who were you? I was the little blonde girl running through fields of flowers, climbing trees, singing, dancing, playing with my friends, talking to animals, sitting and talking to my friends about their problems, laughing, eating fresh fruit out of gardens and off fruit trees, spending lots and lots of time in the sun, playing in the water, swinging on my swings. I literally had the nickname Sunshine because I was just so happy always smiling that's who I was before all of the things and that's who I am again and I'm unbecoming and becoming all at the same time and I do find myself laughing more and I do find myself smiling more and I do find myself sitting by trees more and helping animals and eating fresh fruit and going through fields of flowers and laughing with talking with my friends and spending time in the sunshine and guess what people have started telling me again you light up a room when you come in with your smile during those 10 years where I was really struggling um, my nickname was not sunshine I was given the nickname storms and actually it was a storm dancer like someone who dances in the storms And I had to dance through quite a few storms. Some of them felt catastrophic. But after, what is, what is that Dolly Parton quote? You got to put up with the rain to get to the rainbow. I think I'm starting to see a rainbow. And it's because I was willing to put up with the rain. But I actually am a person who loves rain. (laughs) There's something just like so cleansing and healing about it. We're going to start to wrap this up, but who, who were you? Who are you? What do you believe? What are your ethics? What are your ideals? Start there. Work through some of that. And then maybe be courageous and write a letter to someone that you need to like let some things go. And then maybe you extend them with forgiveness. And then maybe you extend yourself some forgiveness. And all of that involves you not even having to have a conversation with them. That can be done in the privacy of your own bedroom or living room or backyard or balcony. This stuff sounds so simple, but it's not easy. And that's why a lot of people don't do it. But again, you're here. And you're here for a reason. So what might you do about it? We cannot change the past. We have our choices today in this present moment. 
and they impact our future, but we don't know the future. So what will you do now? If you want to rehash the past, I don't judge you for that. Just know that it's not going to change anything. But also, there are things that we do need to process and release and heal. And maybe you do that through talking, and maybe you do that through emotional expression, through movement or exercise or art, like we talked about. But if you're just talking just to get that validation when you've gotten that validation, and really you don't need anyone else's validation if you have your own, then it might be time to take a step beyond that and go, okay, well, that happened this way and it impacted me in this way. And I can see it showing up in my life presently in this way. What do I do next? And again, you guys, these are all suggestions. You can listen to this entire episode and be like, that was all bull crap and like literally flush it down your toilet. That's fine. <laughs> it's totally fine. This isn't going to be everyone's cup of tea and that's okay. I understand that I am directly hitting up against some people's like deeply entrenched belief systems right now with a sledgehammer, but I also understand that you consented to listen to this podcast if you're still listening. So if you're uncomfortable with me directly confronting your belief systems right now, it might be a great time to shut off the podcast. But for those of you who are still here and you're like, I feel afraid, but I'm going to try. Good for you. (laughs) Your life is about to shift and transform in ways that you cannot even fathom. And I'm excited for you. There's going to be some pain, but isn't there always, when we cut ourselves and we have to get stitches, like, does that feel amazing? No. Does it feel amazing the next day? No. Does it feel amazing a year later? Yeah. (laughs) The pain's gone. One of my mantras in life now is this quote that I heard. And it's after every high is a low and every low is a high. And it just reminds us that life is constantly moving, changing, flowing. It never stays the same. So just know if you're in a season that feels like heartache, pain, grief, all those things, it could shift. But I also want to acknowledge that when we lose people we love, sometimes that pain never fully goes away. And again, I'm not judging that. Um, There's a part of me that always has this ache in my heart to sit and have a cup of coffee with my pap or hug him or go to a lake or eat cantaloupe with salt on it, even though I didn't like that, but he loved it and I would do it right now. So like, yeah, that part's hard because life can be hard, but life can also be beautiful. And please, in your pain, don't lose the balance of the beautiful aspects as well. It's both. It's not just one thing. It's all of the things. And sometimes our pain and our grief and our trauma can cause us to become so hyper fixated on just the bad parts and it does steal our hope away for the future. Know that you can take that hope back again. If you need additional support or resources, please get those. I understand what it feels like to be like, I just don't have it in me. And that's when potentially you ask for help and you get that additional support. But like if you have it in you, Just shift it to what if, what if this, what if that, what if, and like the power of what if is so amazing and has gotten me through a lot, you guys. So I want to leave you with one of my favorite excerpts from a speech that Theodore Roosevelt wrote and Brene Brown created an entire book out of this. It's called The Man in the Arena. It is not the critic who counts. 
not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasm, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. Theodore Roosevelt. Choosing to love, accept, and forgive yourself when you have every reason not to is daring greatly. Choosing to accept your body as it is and not try to change it right now is daring greatly. Choosing to see how you have not treated your body kindly and maybe you have misused it and you need to adjust some things for the benefit and health of it is daring greatly. Choosing to set healthy boundaries in relationships with yourself and others is daring greatly. Choosing to take time for yourself, to speak your truth, to put a period at the end of your sentences, to say no, to um, take back your consent, to spend time with yourself. These are all ways that you can dare greatly. And I believe in you. You can reach down deep. You can grab a hold of that courage. And then you can know that even if you quote unquote fail, you can learn from it. You can leverage it to your advantage and you can use it to try again. Um, Thomas Edison was interviewed after he created the light bulb. And I'm paraphrasing all this, but the reporter said to him, how does it feel to have failed creating the light bulb 10,000 times? And like just the audacity of that question (laughs) like dude he just invited invented a light bulb for your house so you could turn up to use a candle um he said i did not fail 10,000 times creating the light bulb there were simply 10,000 steps in the creation of the light bulb and that my friends is having an, an excellent relationship with yourself because he knew that Every single one of those 10,000 steps led him to the outcome of the light bulb. And every single step you have taken has led you to the outcome of who you are right now. And some of that may have not been your fault as a child. But as an adult, every step you're taking, you're choosing. And I do not say that with meanness at all. I say it with absolute kindness because you can pivot. You can shift. You can readjust, you can realign, you can recalibrate, you can take a pause, you can literally start again. You can dare greatly, you can have courage, you can choose to meet your own needs first, to assist yourself first, to fill up your own cup first, to put on your own oxygen mask first, to love yourself first so then you can help support others when you have an overflow. Giving out of an overflow hits a lot different than giving out of lack. And guess what? When you give out of your abundance, you have a lot less resentments too because then you're not also fighting to have your own needs met. So this was part one on relationships. This was the relationship with yourself. I'm sure that 
that will come up more in the next episode. But next week's episode is going to be more focused on our external relationship with others, how they impact us, um, what a healthy one looks like, what's one that needs better boundaries, how do we create a boundaries, what is healthy communication within relationship. And then I have a feeling there's probably going to be a third episode on this topic because that's a lot to cover in one episode. But please, take this from this episode. You're worthy. You're worthy of the love and acceptance and forgiveness that you crave and you can give it to yourself every single day. You're worthy of having a healthy relationship with yourself, of taking care of yourself, of having your needs met. You're worthy of going after your dreams, of enjoying life, of having joy in your life, of being able to have those moments uh, where it's just like, wow, this is life and have those moments of true peace. It can happen. It's going to start, though, with the healing and working through some of the things that might be blocking the pathway to that. So I hope this helps support you. I hope that you um, really take some of this to heart. But again, if you don't, that's okay. It's your choice, too. It'll still be here if you ever want to come back and revisit. Please know that... um, I've gone through this process myself and it really has been the hugest catalyst to my transfer transformation. I'm grateful. There's not a day that goes by, but I'm not grateful for myself for doing this work within myself because it did. It changed so much. And now I get to reside in that place of peace. So I believe in you. I hope you believe in you too. Please take care and I'll see you next week. Bye. <laughs>